Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. What's up, friends? How's it going? My name is Indy, and the gentleman right next to me, well, you can't see if he's right next to me because he's a podcast too, but that's Jay from the Power Group <laughs> Consulting, and this is Indie Game Business, and today we are talking with Cheska and Sam from the, the Cartomancy Anthology. <laughs> And we're talking about Kickstarter stuff. She told me every time I say that, I have to do that. So You have to. It's so good, and it's so dramatic, and I love it. In a world. Dan loves his toys. In a world. I do love my toys. <laughs> so, yes, let us get started. Yeah, so, one, welcome. I saw what you all were doing, and I thought it looked absolutely so cool and so unique. And I'm sure you're tackling Thank all you. sorts of challenges that we wouldn't have really thought of before this but you know before we dive into everything we always like to start the same way and so each of you tell us how you got into the game industry and walk us through you know your career up to this point sure uh should i i'll go ahead and kick us off um so hi everyone uh, my name is cheska she they um i am primarily a game designer i've been working in the industry for a number of years shifting between primarily um narrative focused games uh and also i have a history working in um, educational or uh, impact games uh and my uh, journey into the industry uh, is somewhat unconventional because of how uh, I guess like standard it is, um, but so I went through the route of games academia, which is still a fairly new you know thing in the games industry. Um, I did my undergraduate in interactive media, uh, and later went on to get a master's at the New York at New York University um, at their game center for specifically game design. Um, so from there, I've been bouncing around in the industry, primarily in the independent space, working on a bunch of cool and sometimes very weird projects. So I'm really excited to be uh, working on this project, which is maybe the biggest and weirdest thing that I've worked on to date. Um, yeah, but that's that's me. All right, Jessica, the reason we always ask this question is because there's not a normal way of getting into the Absolutely industry. Absolutely not. And it's, yeah. Everybody's like, I do it. I got in a little bit unusually and we're like, no, 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 no. Trust me. You didn't, you, you got in. Uh, we're going to circle back to the gaming academia though. Later. I'm very interested in that. But before that, Sam. Yeah. Hey everyone. Um, I'm Sam pronoun she, her. I, um, I'm a narrative designer and writer and freelance. I've been in the industry for since fall of 2019. Um, so I'm fairly, new uh but super excited um i guess my journey started with a undergraduate degree in computer science um i tried to pursue programming and games and i realized that wasn't where my passions really um were at and i decided uh, january of 2020 to no i'm gonna i'm gonna chase narrative design i'm gonna chase writing and I've been doing that since. Uh, currently, I'm working on uh, Neon White with Ben Esposito, and I'm working on uh, 
a neurodiver with a mid boss. Awesome. Oh yeah, that that's always the reason we ask. So, Cheska, real quick then, what is game? Because I've been doing this for since yes, that was not gaming academia was not even remotely a thing. Yeah. And, and Sam, I will say you could not have picked a more chaotic time to join the industry but what exactly is gaming academia what what is all that yeah i think it it really varies depending on which school you go to um this is yeah just like a huge conversation but um our industry is still very new games academia is is still very new and i think still um you know figuring out how best to support students as they journey into this industry which as you said is like you know, wildly, you know, chaotic, and we move so quickly with the technology, it's really hard to keep up. Um, and I, yeah, I find that like games academia kind of falls into kind of two larger categories. There, there's the ones that are focused specifically on, you know, more the technical skills, the building of games, um, kind of more as like a, like a trade major, a trade program. Um, so my undergrad was that it was more focused on, you know, how do we build games? How do we make games that are technologically uh, impressive and cool? And how do we push that? Um, and then there's schools that are much more focused on games as, you know, a, a study, right? Um, how do we how do we critique games? How do we analyze games? How do we further this media, uh, I guess, from a more like intellectual kind of um, kind of approach. So um, the game center is very focused still on, you know, building games, crafting games, but we're also having these discussions of like, you know, the big things of like, what is a game? Why are we doing this? Um, and I think it's important to think about those things as, you know, we, we practice and we make games and we think about uh, why we're making what we're making and how the industry is going to evolve in the future. But yeah, games academia is uh, still very new and I think still figuring things out. Um, as my, um, you know, thing that I do in my day job, I also teach game development um, online with an organization called Code Coven. Um, so it's also been really interesting to see how, you know, online boot camps, online programs um, also relate to this world of games academia and how we can all support each other in getting like fantastic, great people into the industry. And, and how more schools should be teaching at least a basic business and or marketing course at some Gosh, point. Yes, I cannot. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's literally the entire reason we started this podcast. Anyway, enough about yes. that. So <laughs> let's talk about cardomancy. So cardomancy is actually a real thing and, and it's a game. So walk us through that. So what is it both in real life practice and then how have you converted that into the game right now? Sam, do you want to jump on this one? Um, I was going to say, you could talk about cardomancy, the actual practice, and then I can jump into the game aspect, because I know that you Perfect. are a tarot practicer. practicer. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, um, yeah, so when we talk about, like, um, cardomancy and divination, um, we are talking about the practice of, um, like, I think people often associate it with like, you're looking into the future, but it is sort of related to this idea of like, um, like prediction or kind of like um, finding, finding guidance, um, looking for guidance um, on things that you might be facing in your life or in the future, kind of preparing yourself. Um, and we, we do this through like um, ritual and divination tools. Uh, so a very 
common practice now is using tarot cards um, to do different spreads to offer guidance um, and generally the you know cards will bring some sort of um, advice or they'll help ground you in the situation or the question that you're looking to explore um, with yourself so for me in in my practice it's a lot of uh, introspective thinking, right? And just thinking about like, what are the things that I am valuing and prioritizing and using the cards as a way to guide that. Um, but there's lots and lots of different types of divination tools, um, depending on like what you enjoy doing as like your ritual. Um, I think all of this, you know, it, it relates to kind of just feeling, um, just feeling, feeling grounded, feeling present, um, and feeling more in touch with kind of your, your emotional state, um, and kind of thinking, th really thinking through the things that, you know, you're making decisions about, um, as well. So, um, yeah, bit of a ramble, but it's, it's such like a huge, um, it's such a huge thing. And the way that people practice, even just within tarot is wildly different from person to person. So I'm sure every single person you ask will have a slightly different answer as well. So Sam, how did you take this and, you know, build a game design around the practice? Yeah. So, um, I remember when Cheska, when like approached some of us with the idea of like, what if <laughs> like, you know, everyone has their own interpretation of every card. What if someone made a game based off that interpretation? And we're like, Oh wow, that's super interesting. And our team came together and we fleshed out more ideas and, you know, there's 78 tarot cards in a deck and we were like, okay, <laughs> 78 teams, 78 games, maybe not. Maybe too um, many. <laughs> too many. Um, but there are 22 <laughs> major arcana cards. Um, and so we were like, okay, 22. It's a lot. But uh, we decided to, you know, freaking chase after that. And we thought, you know, let's let marginalized developers, developers who often don't have the opportunity to get their games on, on Steam and get their games in front of uh, people and Let's give them a chance to do something that's really fun and super creatively open. Uh, we're super excited to see everyone's interpretation. Um, and yeah, I guess I guess that's kind of how we turned that practice into like interpretive an interpretive game. And, and so at any point, I just want to remind everybody that that's watching and listening. Uh, if you've got a question, about you know kickstarters or organizing yeah. these massive 70 person teams which we'll get into uh or you basically <laughs> want to call cheska out and get a, a live tarot reading right here on the podcast because oh, you know, i'd have to like run and get my deck but like why yes not? oh my gosh <laughs> feel free drop them in chat um our <laughs> fancy high-end super expensive overly complicated software um which is not it will pick it up if we all see it in one more place so with all that in mind, um, and I lost my next question. So there are, uh, I sported a little bit there. Tell the listeners how many developers you have in this yeah. and where they're all located because they're not all in sunny California. Yeah. So yeah, as, as Sam mentioned, um, we are yeah bringing together just a huge number of developers, um, really diverse teams as well, um, both in terms of like um, games experience, um, you know, what they're currently creating, but also um, in terms of like uh, gender diversity, geographic location as well. Um, so we currently have 73 developers spread across 22 teams. Uh, we did not 
set any limitations or requirements for, you know, team sizes. So we do have some really fantastic solo developers who are making games. Uh, we have, I think our largest team is nine. Is that right, Sam? I think somewhere uh, like nine, nine people. It's eight. But eight? Yeah, big, yeah. Yeah, big teams. Um, so we have a, have a huge range. And yeah, these teams are joining us from all over the world. So um, we have folks here in the US, we have folks in Canada, uh, UK, Brazil, Mexico, I believe, Spain, Germany, Australia. There's more, I know that there's more. Um, but there's just there's so many people. Um, yeah, and as Sam was saying, so each team is you know, assigned one card from the major arcana and they create a unique game just for this anthology um, that is based around like the the themes and the meaning and interpretation of that card. Um, but, you know, because of, you know, everyone's coming from different places, their experience with tarot and divination is, is different. Their practice of game making is different. Um, I think we're gonna see some just like really awesomely interesting and hopefully weird and experimental projects for this um, for this anthology. So in many ways, it's almost like a evolution or an iteration of a game jam. It's just taking longer, you've got your theme. So yeah, how long has all of this been in development? How, you know, from, from pitch to, you know, putting everything together in the anthology and releasing it? How long do these teams have to work on this? Yeah, so um, Sam and I are a part of the organization team that is like working behind the scenes, doing all of the you know logistics, project support. Um, we'll also be assembling you know all of the games and getting them ready to launch. Um, so we have been working on this project since um, like June, like early summer of this year, um, just figuring out all of the you know logistics, how to onboard people. Um, we also did open applications because we wanted to make sure we were reaching developers outside of our immediate networks um, to bring them on for the project. Um, so we are currently running the Kickstarter. It's currently live. Um, and we are really, really dedicated to giving all of the contributor teams um, upfront stipends before they start working. Um, so they are going to be working, you know, getting started as soon as the Kickstarter is done and we have some funds to actually pay them for their awesome work. Um, and they are actually, um, I'm glad you mentioned Game Jams because they are actually only gonna be working on their projects for three months. So it's a small amount of time, a little bit longer than a standard Game Jam. But um, yeah, I think, um, I'm as as a designer, my my kind of hot take is that um, you know limitations and constraints make better I don't know like creative creative choices. Um, but I think I think this is going to be a really cool way to see like you know what it, what is like the really cool small um, intentional experience that they're going to make uh, related to their card. So I, I like the way you refer to it as you know confined time strengths, and the rest of us refer to it as as stress. So um, no, but that's the thing is that we really don't want this to be a stressful experience. Um, what we've told the teams is that like we are expecting, a, you know, a game that is maybe 10 to 30 minutes, like something very, very small, very intentional. Um, we're not expecting them to like, you know, ship an entire game in, in three months. So keeping it very small. All right. So um, selfish question here, because getting out and reaching folks in the industry is always one of the biggest challenges like we i want to give a shout out here to, to liam an indie game lover and tom over at the the pitch your game thingy they ran that was it a week and a half ago they had over a thousand developers you know pitching projects in it 
and we reached out to some of them, you know, from indie game business, and they were like, oh, we didn't even know this existed. So how did you go about reaching out and telling developers who weren't in your immediate network about the project and, and how to get involved? Sam, do you want to jump on this one? Uh, I was just going to Twitter. <laughs> uh, so before we, we have an official Cardamancy game um, Twitter now, but before we had that, and it was basically just a concept that we were still kind of figuring out what we wanted to do, um, Cheska uh, tweeted out, you know, we're opening a call for contributors. And we didn't know how far it was going to go, I think. We were just like, you know, we'll retweet it, we'll post it in different um, discords that we're a part of, but we don't necessarily like, we don't know everyone in that discord, you know, some really big ones. And let's just get the word out there. And let's just spread this tweet as far as it can go. And it got a lot of traction. We got a ton of applications. Like it was absolutely incredible just to see how much people genuinely loved this concept. And it, it was, it was so, it was so nice. <laughs> Yeah, I think, um, yeah, naturally with, you know, we have we have 73 developers, we have so many people on board for this project. Um, there has been a lot of just like, you know, uh, organic outreach, kind of word of mouth style. Um, yeah, we've also been, you know, doing, yeah, as Sam said, like reaching out to organizations that we know are aligned, right, in terms of, you know, wanting to support really cool um, like smaller independent work and um, creators who are just really, you know, interested in uh, more like community driven projects as well. So what was the criteria that you used to select the teams and the projects that were going to go into the anthology? Yeah. And ultimately we were looking for, you know, teams who are, you know, number one, creating really excellent, interesting work. Um, we were also looking for teams that, you know, are um, used to or have experience making small scoped things. Um, so yeah, definitely leaning more towards, you know, the indie side where we know how to like scope, scope very, very small, scope very intentionally. Um, yeah, and, you know, also um, teams that are, um, are diverse and value inclusion and value diversity um, and are actively participating in community as well. That was really important to us um, that we are supporting people who are going to continue to give back to the community and continue to stay involved and share their knowledge and share their resources so other people can make cool games in the future. So you are on Kickstarter and we'll share that link a little bit later. Thank you. You're about halfway through, I think, on the, mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. is the, what is your estimated launch date? When do you think you'll, it'll all be wrapped up and, and ready to go to market? Yeah, we're likely aiming for like Q2 or Q3 uh, 2022. Um, again, like the development time is is fairly small, but yeah, we're being trying to be generous um, to allow for some extra time for you know polish and assembly and and getting everything packaged and ready to go. I'm sure nothing will possibly go wrong trying to. Nothing ever does in game dev. Everything yeah. is so easy. No, nothing, fine. No, not a problem. <laughs> you know, people struggle sometimes to ship the one game from their own studio, much less mm -hmm. adding 21 other ones from 21 other studios to it. Yes. Yes. This is fascinating because I do think we are, it's like we were talking about before we went live about how there are so many digital conferences right now. And 
the same thing is true with, with game jams. It's like there's a game jam like every single week if you want to get involved in it. And this is like that next iteration. And it's something that I, I love the idea about it. Um, all right. So the next question, you've got 22 cards in the game. How is that going to work? How, you know, once it's all laid out into one fancy little project that goes live, yeah, how's it going to play out? Yeah, so the way that we are designing um, the, the the whole experience, right, is we are uh, the organization team uh, also, like we're all developers. Um, we are going to be creating kind of our own game, but the, um, the like we're, what we're calling the hub space. Um, so this will be um, a space that is, you know, branded as the, um, like Cardamancy Anthology is branded. So what you see on the Kickstarter, um, the really, really cool, um, like, constellation circuit board a kind of theming that our amazing artist uh, Amy Kai did um, and this is going to be acting as a launcher for all of the different experiences so this will also be a space where you can actually do like virtual tarot pulls so if you'd like to pull one card for a reading if you would like to pull a small spread of cards and then play through those games um, for your interactive reading you can do that as well and then this space will be used as a launcher to jump into the different experiences and then when you're Done, you can come back. Um, and this is something that we've seen in um, other anthologies. And we actually reached out to some of those teams. They were really generous in sharing kind of like how they structured their projects. Um, uh, I'll give a shout out to the, the Haunted PS1 demo disc. Uh, they do such a fantastic job of like showcasing really cool projects from really cool people. Um, they've done two of those annually so far, but they use a similar format of having a launcher and then they launch the different experiences from there. We, uh, I, I constantly brag about the folks that do the IWO con and the mm -hmm. yeah. big thing that they did. And it, that was amazing to me that they pulled something off. And I've, I've told the team this directly as well. I was like, I have seen honest to God conference event organizers not pull something off as well as, as you all did. And so I think it's a, it's a really good, you know, means of you know, getting new games out there, getting, you know, new people, new new studios introduced to the world because in in this industry, it's all about what do you have what do you have done. And even if you have done something, maybe you haven't launched your own full game yet, but you've contributed a completed game mm -hmm. to an anthology like this. Yeah. That's a huge feather in your cap. That's awesome. Yeah, um, um, yeah, that's definitely something. I know Sam mentioned yeah the the like. We have so many. We have so many different teams joining us from different places. Um, and something I'm really proud of and excited about is that we do have some teams that are joining us. You know, as more established teams that are working full time on games, um, on their own stuff, uh, which is fantastic. Um, but we also have people joining, um, like teams that have never been paid for a game before, who are making really fantastic work and just putting it out like on on itch and sharing it with people, um, but haven't actually ever been like paid for a game or haven't had a game launch on like a major marketplace like Steam. Um, so I'm really excited that like collectively we can all do that together. All right, Sam, and I really don't know which one of you has the harder job. Sam, you're the communication director. Jessica, you're, you're the, <laughs> the producer. How so I am, um, 
sorry, just a quick correction. So I'm like the overall like project lead. We actually have a fantastic producer on the project um, whose name is Masha and they are um, they are running <laughs> they are running the show, but I would definitely say Sam has the harder job. Sam has been um, I, I, uh, <laughs> running running things behind the scenes. I haven't produced a game in like over a decade. And back then there weren't really separation. Producer was everything. That was it. You were so congratulations on actually, you know, being able to have different Gosh. roles to do that. Yeah. Producers that is why game ship is because of good producers. We need I'm a big producers. I'm a big believer. Yes. But my game shipped in, you know, defiance of me being the actual producer. And so that's <laughs> that's something that and yeah. then, you know, like this industry, I, then I became an executive producer. And so that's even crazier at certain points. <laughs> Sam, how do you go about keeping everybody on the same page? You know, what does your day look like as the communication director on a project like this? Yeah. Um, it's really hard. This is actually, you know, like I said in my intro, I'm in narrative design and I'm in writing. This is completely different from all that. And um, I really... I looked for, I looked at my inspirations. I have like community managers and community communication leads that I follow on Twitter that I find super amazing. Um, just to list a couple, there's Lauren Moses from Code Coven. There's Mylea from Code Coven. And then there's Victoria Tran, who, as we all know, has moved into the Among Us realm. Um, but the way they all handle their community and they handle their discords. And I was just like studying that really hard. It's like, how do I engage with people because I, these people that we, you know, asked to join our project, you know, they're in our hands. Like we're in charge of really putting the word out there and they're helping us and they're fantastic at spreading the word. And we're so thankful, but you know, I have to, we have to lead that. And I have to lead that with different uh, promotions across all different social medias and making sure that all the contributors are are comfortable and they know exactly what's going on. Um, Cause number one thing that we want to keep with our contributors is transparency, honesty, like this is what's going on. This is our project. Um, and then also to get them all excited and keep them excited and keep them wanting to promote this and grow it. And so um, my, I guess my, my day to day, I have my daily tweets, got to do them. Um, and then I have uh, different Instagram posts that also, uh, reach out to different audiences. We noticed that on Twitter or on, yeah, on Twitter, it's a lot of game development on Instagram. It's a lot of um, tarot and a lot of the tarot community is on Instagram. And uh, that was something that actually our producer Masha pointed out because they, you know, that's their kind of realm where they uh, share their own cardamancy or their own tarot spreads. And so, yeah. And then we have Facebook ads and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's a lot, but it's, but, <laughs> but it's fun. I promise. <laughs> it's a lot for, I don't want to say a, a real company because that's not what I mean, but you mm -hmm. know, for companies that do this like all the time for mm -hmm. a, a lot of projects and they have a methodology of doing it and they know what they're doing and, and you're, you're coming in and basically managing chaos and doing it as well. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, especially with not having, you know, that background in, in communications, the beauty of this industry, though, is it changes so fast and there are always new things to get out there. And, um, you know, like P Pinterest, for God's sakes, I didn't know people were still on Pinterest, but they are. And there's a huge mm -hmm. 
community for things like this. The companies that are, you know, successful in their communication and getting the word out are the ones who have learned to go beyond just the game press. And mm-hmm. so the fact that you're engaging with the tarot community on Instagram and, and things like that, that is, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were also really excited. Um, and this ended up being a total coincidence, but Kickstarter actually launched like a magic and divination category, uh, mm-hmm. like within the last month or so, um, because there's just so many people on that platform who are funding that type of work and those types of projects. Um, so it was really cool to see that like they are also supporting like, you know, those those creatives in that community. Uh, so it ended up being a total coincidence, but it was a good time to launch our Kickstarter. <laughs> well, I'd like to get a shout out to our, our friend Anya over there, who's, yes, I know she's in charge of it. Anya. We yes. love Anya so much. <laughs> uh, Anya and her avocado tattoo. That's the, um, mm-hmm. thing that. <laughs> never never forget that she'll be doing she'll be doing another one of her q a's in december at our, at our oh, fantastic conference. yeah anya has so much good knowledge this is the third uh kickstarter that i've run and every single one she has given me just like fantastic advice um yeah the whole team at kickstarter is great but uh anya just continuously goes like above and beyond to like support folks launching games kickstarters i just appreciate her so much Sign up today for the Indie Game Business Newsletter. It's a weekly source of business news curated for indie dev teams. We've got discounts on all Indie Game Business events and events from all of our partners. You get a first look at the summaries and takeaways from all of our podcasts. There's exclusive opportunities for promotions and early access to new tools for development, monetization, and more. Check it out, sign up, powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher dash list. All right, so one of the things that she always says when we do these, these Q&As is, 80% of your revenue is going to come from your own community. So what did you all do to build up that community before you launched the Kickstarter and how big was roughly, how big was your community? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, as Sam said, like we sort of like started um, launching Cardamancy uh, anthology specific, like social media accounts actually like I think after the Kickstarter was already live. Um, up until then, we were really focused on doing, a, you know, individual, more personal outreach um, from each of the developers. Uh, so really, really using our natural, the natural reach, right, of seventy-three developers and seventy-three creatives who already have, you know, they're making awesome work. They already have followings and they have communities um, of people who are interested in supporting them. Uh, so really making sure that we're tapping into that and um, that, you know, as, as Sam said, it kind of, it trickles down, like we support the developers in reaching out to those communities and then bringing them back into this like collective larger, larger hole for supporting the Kickstarter. So Sam, when it comes to, you know, the communication externally, as well as the communication internally, so what tools are you all using to both manage the outreach, but also manage the chaos within, you know, the the project itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, our our Google Drive is 
just massive with documents and Google Sheets. And um, we've been trying to be uh, super organized um, by checking off everyone that we've reached to. We, we want everything to be accessible to everyone in the internal team so that we know who we reached out to, who reached out to us, how we responded, and just trying to, to get the word out there. Like in the game business, for example, this is something that we got to do and it's amazing. And we want to make sure that's like in the document. So we all know that, that happened um, while we also try to reach out to other, to other press. But besides that, um, it's just, we have, it's just a lot of Google docs. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's just, a, it's a lot of writing and, and uh, drafting and deleting. And there's a lot of uh, checks and balances I'll say when it comes to the internal team that we always make sure that um, all of our stuff, everything we do is being, passed over, looked over by at least one other person um, to make sure that we're kind of uh, reaching all of our all of our options. And then I guess another thing is that um, we are sponsored by Code Coven, a fantastic organization. Um, and they uh, I am working with their community uh, management and they are giving me really fantastic advice and assistance on making sure that I um, am doing the best that I can while also like being really smart about it. So I'm not overworking, mm -hmm. I'm not burning out and, and I'm reaching out all the communities that I can and I'm making sure that I'm continually growing because I feel like our main community that reflection is probably on Twitter. Um, and for starting when we started the Twitter, I think in October, um, and having 400 followers, uh, it's something that I'm so, so proud of. Um, you know, you build a community slowly, one at a time. And um, yeah, I, I've been really grateful to have such a great support system of community leaders um, to make mm -hmm. sure that I don't, I don't fail. <laughs> I don't falter. Um, yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. can't dramatically fail at this mm -hmm. industry. It, it, mm -hmm. It's a matter of which iteration of learning you're at. That's right. it. You, mm -hmm. because, I like that a lot. Yeah. You, tr truthfully, Sam, if you did it perfectly, you're never going to learn anything. You know, right. we all have to screw up and fail every now and then, or, you know, we, we just keep going along. But yeah, it's, that is one of the the wonderful things about the industry is because it isn't one of these like cookie cutter. This is how we make a movie and this is how we mm -hmm. distribute a movie. And this is how we vote. It's not. Mm -hmm. and, and so you've always got things that you can do, you know, later on after launch, it, you know, take the games individually, drop them on different itch channels, you know. And so mm -hmm. there's so much that you can do. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about it. You, you can't screw it up too much. <laughs> I think also like this project is like wildly unconventional um, yes, and we are, <laughs> we are like a lot of the things that, you know, we take for granted in like certain, certain like game stuff or production things we have had to like question, right. And like iterate on and figure out like what is actually going to work. Um, Cause yeah, as Sam mentioned, like we have, you know, just a pile of documentation and things for the internal team, but we also really try to be as transparent as possible with the contributing developers mm -hmm. and figuring out how to like 
catalog information for them. They're also super busy. They have other projects. Um, so figuring out how to organize, how to make announcements, how to communicate with them so that we're all on the same page, right? Yeah, Sam's like, oh, yeah, it's a lot. Um, <laughs> Notion pages out the wazoo. Love like, Notion, yes. Love Notion. It's, it's funny because I feel like our internal team also, we, it's like we wear many hats kind of, you know, and we have a bunch of different skill sets that really benefit each other. Um, Amy Kai was mentioned briefly. She's our artist for this project. Super fantastic. Um, but she is amazingly organized, like fantastic. I have never met someone more organized and more, you know, driven and focused than her and the way that, um, she was able to like take a look at our Google Drive. I remember I because I started it and then she came in. She was like, "Oh my god, can I reorganize this?" And I was like, "Please, yeah. please!" <laughs> like I, I'm a ga I'm a game designer. I love spreadsheets. I really like <laughs> spreadsheets. But like, gosh, when I see like Amy do a spreadsheet, no I'm like, like, Amy, no one does it like Amy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so grateful that she is on on this team. <laughs> Yeah, I, I never have a problem when somebody comes in and looks at one of our processes and says, can I, can I reorganize this? I'm like, hell yes. yes. You can yes, absolutely <laughs> run with it. Go. <laughs> yeah. So everyone, uh, you know, Sam's not on camera right now because what you don't know is that she's chain smoking Marlboro Reds with a <laughs> and that's, We're just that's very why. stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please back the Kickstarter. <laughs> And, and Jill from LinkedIn says, y'all are doing amazing. I can't imagine how overwhelming this massive undertaking is. And all of you are doing fantastic. Thank and you so much. Like, Thank you. I don't think we can say this enough. It's like, you know, making a game and shipping a game is hard enough as it is. And y'all are shipping 22 of them. And, yeah, and, I don't know why. That's, I'm sure. <laughs> no bumps in the road. You'll be fine. Perfect. No, it'll be, it'll be, it'll be no, no problems. No problems. And you're porting it to like three other platforms and <laughs> you've got a, a, like a mud, like a massive. No, I would, you know. I would cry. I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> did not come out of our mouths. Can we get the on record? I did not yeah, just... come from us. It's, it's going to be a launch title on the new Steam Deck and, you know, all of this other. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I mean, as I wish, I wish, but oh my gosh, yeah. When I even think about that, my brain explodes a little bit. <laughs> All right, so just a reminder, folks: if you've got questions, pop them in chat. You know, we'll yeah, we'll get them out there. All right, so you know, just to pile on the stress a little more. Um, Perfect. Yes, I mean, why not? <laughs> what is the end goal here? What is the plan to actually bring it to market? You know, is it a, a free thing? Is it paid? You know, once everything is together and working perfectly, how is it going to go to market? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we are planning on having this be, you know, a, a paid game that is going to launch on digital marketplaces. So um, right now our plan is we'll be on um, itch.io and Steam. Uh, and yeah, uh, we are... Uh, I don't know if we've talked about our price. I mean, yeah, our price point's on the Kickstarter. I can talk about yeah. it. So well, <laughs> I was like, wait, is this a secret? It's not a secret. Um, uh, but yeah, so we'll be we'll be pricing this collection at $25. That's $25 for 22 games. Um, and, you know, uh, works from all around the world, works from tons and tons of developers. They're all going to be wildly different. Um, I've heard 
some of the pitches so far and they are just very strange and lovely. Um, I think you are like players are going to have a freaking fantastic time playing through these and exploring all the creations. But um, yes, this will be like a like a paid game. And the reason for that also is like we really want to make sure that people are getting compensated for their work. So on top of doing that um, upfront stipend for their work, like that is the minimum people are going to make, right? Like we are giving you an upfront stipend to pay for this work that you're contributing. Um, we are also actually doing like equal revenue share between these teams as well, which is also going to be a logistic nightmare, but it is something that say, is, yes, it is going to be a logistic nightmare, but this is something that, that is, <laughs> it's something that is really, really important to me um, that we have, you know, at least a, you know, a period of time after launch where people are profiting from the work that they are doing um, in an equitable way. Um, so, you know, we are all, you know, invested and we're all hoping for the best for this project. We're all contributing towards it, but we're also all benefiting from it. Have you reached out beyond Steam and Itch to people like the Epic Game Store, Microsoft with the Game Pass, a lot of these different stores that are actually getting a lot of traction now? Not yet. It is it is something that is on our radar. Um, we have started actually talking with, um, so we are talking with Switch reps right now um, about the potential of doing, you know, you joked about like tons of ports, maybe one port, maybe one. Um, but so we're, we're currently exploring, exploring that option. Um, we did set an upfront stretch goal on the Kickstarter to be able to uh, fund that work and, um, you know, do that port. Um, but uh, yeah, other platforms kind of TBD at this point. Yeah, I mean, I would, there has been enough growth in, especially the Microsoft Store and the Epic Game Store that I would absolutely, and we can help yeah. get you in touch if you need it. But oh, that'd be great. You know, Thank you. Those are, are fantastic other revenue sources because it is, it's like, granted, you know, and nobody knows the, the exact number, but we can estimate you know, about 80% of the revenue PC games come from Steam. But Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of you know, other options out there as well. Even I found myself, you know, playing games again just so I can get the freaking achievement points on Xbox <laughs> through Game Pass. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I haven't played this in a while. And so let's fire that up and go from there. Mm-hmm. So thus far, what is the what is the biggest challenge that y'all have hurdle that you've had to get through? so far because god knows you've got plenty more coming <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah um sam do you do you have one off the top of your head you uh, I'm, just, I'm trying to think i mean i was like this whole thing's been difficult no i mean <laughs> i think <laughs> as someone i'll say as someone who's never run a kickstarter before holy crap you can say <laughs> yeah. bad words on here we are okay. explicit Okay. And, yeah, I, I don't think you can work in game development without cursing. Are you children watching? Close your ears. Holy shit. Running a Kickstarter is yes. stressful. Really, really stressful. And it is, it's so funny because Cheska to the internal team, they were like, hey, you know, we launched today, like we launched today and on the Kickstarter and they were like, oh, make sure um, not to just sit and refresh the page. I know it's tempting, but 
go outside and go eat something. And I was like, yeah, totally. And here I was like clicking Sam. refresh. Every No, but every day I every day I wake up, I go to our Twitter, I click the Kickstarter link and I look. I said, is there any growth? And it is <laughs> you just you can't not stare at it. And I feel like you're going to be, we're all going to be stressed until it hits the goal. And <laughs> though I truly believe that we will, I think we have a fantastic project. I think a lot of people really love it and I think it's going to happen, but it's going to be a wild ride until then. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, cause the reason I said that is because I remember my first Kickstarter. I don't think I, I don't think I slept. I don't think I ate. I don't think I drank any water. For the first, I think I only drank coffee for like the first like 24 hours. I was so like, oh my gosh. Um, and that's also like, you know, the, the first day, the first 24 hours is so important for setting up that momentum for a project. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's always terrifying. Um, I don't want to pretend that this time I was like, yeah. I'm so relaxed. It's fine. Yeah, you, like I was. Yeah, you were because you're like ah, I got Sam to do this now. And so. <laughs> no, I just like I'm trying to be like, you know, a pillar of calm on the team, being like I have kind of done this before, but like I'm equally stressed out all the time. So we're 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 in this together, absolutely. And the good news is, only five percent of what you're raising on Kickstarter goes to Sam's Marlboro Red and whiskey in the budget. So <laughs> listen, it's all no good. Don't worry about it. Just kidding. Please, no, please, back us. <laughs> so, so, all right, let, let's do the let's do the flip side of that question. Mm -hmm. What so far has gone better than you expected, and has been like the the wonderful thing you've taken away at this point? Can I can I start? Um, it's uh, it's it's the organization team. It's just everyone on it is incredible and doing such good work. Um, when I when I when I started this project, when I was like, could we do this? Is this a thing that we could do? Um, so Sam was the fir very first person I reached out to. Um, and I think like, just like Sam is always like encouraging and enabling all my like weird <laughs> ideas, <laughs> which I really appreciate. I I um, yeah, but and just like, uh, yeah, as as we talked about, like Sam has been doing like such excellent work, just making sure that everyone is, you know, supported and on the same page and that we are, you know, reaching our community. Um, I also want to call out, um, yeah, we've mentioned Masha a couple times. Uh, Masha is joining us as our uh, producer um, and has been a producer, I think, for like 10 years. Uh, they are bringing so much expertise and knowledge to how we're running our internal team, how we're doing our process, um, you know, how, how we're doing everything. Um, Amy, we've mentioned, is our um, our visual, our visual uh, director, our art director, um, who's creating all the branding for the project and like, gosh if you look at the kickstarter every time i look at it i just get so happy because i think it's just like it's beautifully gorgeous and i think really encompasses like our vision for the project um and then we also have um tara who's joining us as our technical lead um and um is managing kind of figuring out like all of the setup right and all of the supporting the teams in terms of technical requirements and how we're feasibly going to build this thing. Um, and without her expertise, like that would also not be possible. Um, so for me, it's a, every single person on the organization team has been just like, we can curse. So they're just, yeah, just kicking ass, like doing such good work. Um, so yeah, it's given me so much like confidence that this is a project that will work and we will likely be able to do stuff like this in the future as well. One of the most random movie quotes that I always think of on, on projects like this, and I think applies in our industry, 
far more than people would think was from uh, the original Smokey and the Bandit movie from like the <laughs> what 80s. A throwback. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, he comes in there and he's trying to convince him that they're going to go on this, you know, giant beer run. And he says, we can't do that. No one's ever done that. And Burt Reynolds goes, well, we've never not done it before. Mm. And I think that's it. I mean, that, that's a lot of what, mm -hmm. you know, projects like this come along, you know, and, and people are like, well, that's not going to work. You know, no one's ever done that. It's like, well, to our knowledge, no one has ever not done it either. So let's run with it and see what mm -hmm. happens. So, you know, assuming all goes well, you know, this is something that you want to keep doing. Well, I mean, hell, even assuming it doesn't all go well, you know, after this one's over, is this something that y'all want to keep doing down the line and, and keep, you know, iterating and, and, and putting out things like this? I think for me, like, absolutely, yes. But um, I've been talking a lot, so I would love for Sam to, <laughs> to chime in. I mean, yeah, definitely. I, I've, I've been thinking about, you know, what if this project doesn't successfully, you know, finish on Kickstarter? that's $30,000 that we're now missing. And, you know, I just, I, I was going to say like one of my favorite things that have come from this project so far is uh, the applications and, and reading every, there, there were so many fantastic applications. I remember, mm -hmm. you know, we tried to get to our like finalists, like, okay, if everyone who has like all yeses from everyone in the internal team, like they get to go to like the final and like hopefully we'll have like 22 final teams and then we'll not have to cut down anyone and then it'll be fantastic. And of course that was not true. And of course we had so many more than 22 teams that we all like fantastically, like we're just head over heels for. And, but just the contributors are so, are so fantastic. And when we uh, like launched our Twitter, there was just like so much support and so many people who are, being so supportive and it's it's so great and i just i don't want to let them down you know if this kickstarter doesn't succeed mm -hmm. i want to keep going like let's keep pitching like let's find a publisher let's find like alternative methods of funding because i think this is a really fantastic project and if we fail on kickstarter i don't or if we like don't get our goal i don't think it is a failure i think it's just a hurdle that we're going to overcome to make this project what it is. Like there's so many fantastic projects that don't fund on Kickstarter, but then they find another way. And then there are a lot of projects that do fund on Kickstarter and are fantastic. So uh, e either way, I, I love Cheska with all my heart and I would. <laughs> I'll cry. <laughs> she says that now. That's uh... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, interview us in three months and then. <laughs> Yeah, when we when we get closer to launch, we'll just be like, oh, oh God. Can't do the yeah. interview right now. I am on an airplane headed to San Francisco. Don't tell Cheska, but um, I know where she lives. There we go. It, when we see things like this, you know, Dan was talking, Dan had to, you know, leave us early because the 12 days of Andy's going on, there's 12,000 people watching his channel right now. Yay, and it's so exciting. It, it is. It, it's one of those things. There's so much hate and absolute jackassery, if that's a word, out there in our industry that when you see things like this and people coming together, you know, things like the pitching game, you know, where 
<laughs> if, if any of you developers want to know how comp how the competition is out there, there's 250 some games released every week on Steam, and over a thousand mm -hmm. teams pitched projects in one day on Twitter for pitch a game. Seeing these things and seeing the industry come together and people being supportive, it makes it all better. Because if we didn't have that, you know, I've been doing this for almost 25 years and there's many a time when I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing this anymore. This is absolutely mentally draining. And, mm -hmm. and then I just, you know, I, I go to a conference or I go and I see the next generation of developers coming in and they're so happy and they're so positive and everything's going to be great. And, you know, the back of my head's like, Oh shit, just wait. <laughs> and, but yeah, it is, it, it, it keeps you motivated and, and it's good to go out there and, and see a lot of, um, a lot of good people doing good stuff like y'all are doing. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Cause yeah, I think that's why we're really interested in like pursuing more, you know, community-based projects and community-based support networks. Um, and like bringing a lot of people together towards uh, a common goal that is very, very intentionally transparent and not based around like financial exploitation. Um, we feel very strongly about this. Um, but yeah, I, I super, super agree also that, you know, um, I'll, I'll call out that like the average uh, career in our industry for marginalized people is like five years. And then especially for people of color and gender minorities, like everyone, you know, it's, it's hard to be in this industry. It's especially hard if you're marginalized. Um, and like most people leave after five years and we're losing so much good talent, right. And so many fantastic people that could have gone on to create fantastic things. Right. Um, and it's just like that, that really bums me out. So I'm really, I'm really glad that like we as an industry are like shifting towards, I don't know, just more more kind and accessible work practices and spaces. Um, it's it's a journey, but you know we're we're getting there slowly. I think. You know what makes that even sadder? Um, if they're making it to five years and even over that, that is a drastic improvement in the last ten years. It is. It yeah, you're right. Like three years. If you have been in the industry five years, you are considered a veteran. You yeah. Like know your shit. Yeah. Or you're like me and you're too stupid to get out of it. But the <laughs> reality is it is getting better, but it, that that's still remotely sad that, you know, it's like, absolutely. We can't yeah. as an industry sustain and carry on knowledge and pass down the stuff when everybody's rolling out of here in four or five years, because they're like, mm -hmm. you know what the hell with us? I ain't doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say like, <laughs> I almost quit after three months well, no <laughs> like, shit sam came in like why does the pandemic started <laughs> and I, I, came like... in and I was like no 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 actually i don't know if i can <laughs> just do kidding <laughs> and what is funny and she's not gonna like it but i'm gonna call her out again cheska really pulled me out of my my like terrible honestly like depression where i like i I experienced some some pretty bad situations um, just trying to come into the game dev industry and being met with a lot of pushback um, and a lot of negativity as a Latina woman. Um, it it was tough. It was like wow, you know. I like I said, I had a degree in computer science, so I experienced a lot of <laughs> um, that already. Being uh, one of uh, five women already, and yeah. then. Mm -hmm. Um, I was one of two, three like Latina people in my in my uh, 
uh, major. And so coming into games, I was like, oh, this is just the same, but it's worse mm -hmm. because I feel like there's a section of game dev where people, you know, need to push each other down. They feel like they have to in order to get up high. But but then, you know, like I said, Jessica pulled me from the water. Um, and it's just it, it's all about that one person that that believes in you wholeheartedly and wants you to succeed and can help you find more people who love you and want you to succeed and find more people and you find and you surround yourself with these fantastic, this wonderful support system of game developers who are all, like you said, working together, supporting each other. But that is so difficult. It is so rare. It was so rare to, for me to find someone like Cheska. It was such a coincidence. It was such a random, a random act that put me in the same area as Cheska where I could physically meet her and we could connect and we could physically grow our friendship to like what it is today, which is virtual sadly now, but, <laughs> but like, that's so rare. And I, we want to really push that. We want us, we want to be those people who can be that, the kick down the door, right? We're not just peeking in. We're not just trying to like start to open the door so others can push through. We want to, freaking like slam the door open we want to kick it down and we want to say like everyone go 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 like let's make a difference let's get into games now 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 uh and get rid of that barrier like is is one of my big goals at least in in, in this project and future ones hopefully yeah thank you sam this is the part of the show where i just cry uncontrollably yeah now i'm off camera on. because i'm crying so yeah. don't, don't sweat it it's like yeah no i think it's just a week in this industry i cry and yeah it's has, you know, yeah. i just usually do <laughs> yeah. it off camera so. you know it's all my it's all my own time but i mean it is and, and there's another question i want to get to here in a second i mean i'm assuming do y'all have like a hard stop because i i no. don't okay all right, good. Let's let's completely derail the entire project by by spending the next four hours talking about it and let's see all done. Perfect. I'm here. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's um, I'll get more coffee. You are absolutely <laughs> dead on right about the fact that you're coming into the industry. You know, barrier one against you is that you're you're not male. Barrier two against you is that you're not white. And then you same. I can't emphasize enough how you literally came into the industry at the worst possible time <laughs> because know. it's just like the, the wheels were coming off of every wagon at, at that point. But it really is, I think you hit on something really key there and you do need, you know, that support person, that person that does really love you and wants you to succeed and, and all of that stuff, you know, mine for, the vast majority of my career has been my wife and the day that she came home from work about 12 or 13 years ago and i went i quit my job today and she's like yeah. what mm -hmm. because i i was making more money than, than someone in their 20s with my level of maturity should have been making in the first place but she's never once said you need to go get a real job you know mm -hmm. it's always been you know, do this and three years ago when, you know, I have, you know, a job that I have been running for seven years and I went, I'm going to start a Twitch channel because I think this is going to be a good idea. And it's like, I could tell in the back of her head, she's like, you're losing your mind, but <laughs> yeah. always been there and, and, and always, you know, supported me no matter what harebrained idea I had at that point in time. So mm -hmm. 
given that the the time of all of this coming together, so how did the two of you meet, so to speak? And, and, yeah. and because that's a huge thing now. It's like mm-hmm. you can't go to conferences and, and meet people. You can't really do a lot of the things that we've normally done for the last two decades or so. So mm-hmm. how did y'all meet? Yeah, we um, we ended up the the three the three months that Sam was doing. Um, You're doing like a programming internship, right? I think yes, at that time. Yeah, yeah um, we just ended up being in the same workplace for those like exact three months. Um, mm-hmm. We crossed paths in the same place at the same time. Um, so this was pre pre pandemic. I guess that was maybe like was that 2019 then? I guess it right. Was, it was yeah, fall 2019, and I remember my last day was December 20th. Mm-hmm. And that was the last day um, that I got to like hang out with Cheska in like a workplace setting. And we were like, wow, we're going to hang out all the time. And we did. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, so, something happened in early 2020. And we, I don't remember. We I don't remember what happened. Something, see something each other anymore. happened. <laughs> yes. Absolute <laughs> chaos. That, that sort of stuff. So, so Sam, then, you know, now we've discovered you have a programming background, you're a narrative mm-hmm. designer, and now you're doing communications. So mm-hmm. what is your favorite so far? Who am I? I don't know. Um, uh, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> it, it was, it was funny because I did computer science as, you know, I, I'm first generation, first generation to go to college and complete college. Um, and I had, I had a lot of pressure to do and to have a major that was going to give me haha stability in the jobs market (laughs) Um, (laughs) and so I picked computer science and I pushed through it it was so hard but the I had I did game development which which there there were two game development classes taught by a professor who I adore but also has never worked in the industry before he just liked making games and he liked working in Unity. So like that was like the level of game dev support we had in that university. Um, but I also, I minored in creative writing and I am a fiction writer and I, I, love, I love writing so much. So when my internship ended, that's when I was, you know, spiraling and like, oh my God, like, what do I do? Uh, do I, I, Cause I don't, I love and respect all programmers but programming just isn't for me in terms of games. Like it just isn't, it just is not great. I will do it if I have to, but it's not great. Um, and that's when I, I first got into writing, which was fun, but the narrative design I think is such a passion of mine, being able to be a narrative designer. Um, like I said earlier for um, my first like big, big job in games is with Ben Esposito. Shout out. He's a fantastic developer. Um, and being able to to do actual narrative design work, I didn't know what that was, but I knew that it had narrative in it and I wanted to do it. And Cheska is a, a game designer. And I was like, I want to do what Cheska's doing because, you know, <laughs> I was like, Cheska's amazing and I want to do Thank you. I want to do what they do. Um, <laughs> I love that programmers also think yeah. <laughs> you. We all support each other here. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say we have a wonderful design is my community. favorite. We all know that we're crazy. We, yeah, we, all, we all hate what we do. Um just kidding. But yeah, but be, being communications lead is is a lot of fun because I'm learning a lot 
uh, I'm terrible at Twitter. I don't tweet because I'm so nervous about like what comes out of my mouth. Here I am blabbing. Um, <laughs> but I, <laughs> but you know, running the Cardamancy Twitter is really helping me um, be uh, more social, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming from another person who was first generation on half of my family side college as well. I can say that you did a better choice in your major than I did. You know, I walked out of school with a, with a degree in English literature. So Mm. not a lot that that was actually going to be useful for. Thank God I found games, but I do love how, you know, computer science in in college and everybody that goes into it, it's like, Oh, I can be, I'll be a programmer and I'll make all this money. Work, and, and that's the way computer science is. It's like you can do well and you can make a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, with a computer science degree, or you can go into games, One which is what other. we all do. <laughs> <laughs> they are completely mutually exclusive. That's mm-hmm. the um, mm-hmm. that, that's that's the the worst of it. But I mean, it 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 is. It, and I was, you know, I'm always very interested to see, you know, folks like like you, Cheska, who are in the, you know, gaming academia. Um, because it, it, this is an industry where it's like your degree doesn't really no. matter. Yeah. It's what yeah. you've done. And and that's always the first thing that I'm quick to tell professors and high school teachers when they're like, hey, will you come talk to our kids about the game industry? And I'm like, yeah, sure. But don't expect me to come in there and go make good grades and go to college and get a degree because, yes, it's helpful. But doesn't yeah. really I super super agree with that yeah um, and that's something that I also like I work with students um, I, I work more with like um, uh, like like adult learners now um, mostly uh, and I teach online we teach intro to game making we run you know online accelerators and incubators for game developers um, and a lot of them you know are considering like should I go back to school should I get a formal degree in games? Um, and like, often I tell them like, here are my reasons of why I did it. But like, generally, no, unless you have a very specific reason, right? Because I think also when, yeah, when you talk about like, um, you know, how how much you generally get paid to actually work in games uh, versus how much a lot of these programs cost uh, and how much that debt is going to follow you, um, that is then going to limit, you know, where you're able to work and how you're able to live, uh, where you're able to live. Um, and I think that is just like, such a huge decision to make um unless you have a very very specific reason to put yourself in that situation i think like often the answer is no um but it's it's complicated right but it, yeah don't even get me started on all these schools are like give us 40 grand we're gonna give you a piece of paper that says you're a game designer like yeah that's not how it works that's not mm-hmm. how any of this mm-hmm. works you know yeah. so yeah. it, it, it is I, good i yeah. mean it, and one side, though, if you need to learn skills, you have to learn skills somewhere. I mean, you, if mm-hmm. you haven't done programming and, you know, there there is something to be said of it. It's just my my overall, you know, ire is that they don't teach business and marketing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, I think that I think that's such a huge thing, right, to be to be sustainable, right, in your practice and to support yourself. Uh, you need to you need to have that knowledge. And most of us are just learning by doing it and doing it terribly and then doing it a little bit better <laughs> with iteration. Well, that's how I learned it. And and so we started this Same, to yeah. make it a little easier for everybody else, but yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So we are a little bit over our time and I do appreciate you all coming on and, oh, and course, answering all the hard questions. Yeah. All right. So this is where you get to plug stuff. Tell yeah. everybody where they can go to support the Kickstarter and support you all and learn about the project and that sort of stuff. 
Sam, kick us off. All right. I mean, where do we want links? We got we got a Kickstarter. We got a Twitter. We got <laughs> Yeah, actually, are we links? are we able can I post links in like the Twitch chat and stuff? Is that a thing I can do or a thing you Maybe. could do? Oh no, probably not. Send it to me and I'll put it in there. Cool. I'll put it in yeah. here. Awesome. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, the biggest place to find us right now is that we our Kickstarter is currently live and we are going until um, the end of this month. Uh, so we would really, really love your support. Um, anything, you know, that we raise, uh, you know, above our actual goal um, goes directly to like um, bigger stipends for contributors so we can get everyone paid to make really, really awesome games. Uh, so please support us on Kickstarter. That's like the, the primary big place right now that we need your support. All right, and we just posted that in thank you the in the chat and so what's what's the twitter address it is yes. cardamancy game gotcha and to keep it simple it is cardamancy game for instagram as well as well as facebook mm -hmm. look at us so organized find us, on, find us on all the places find us in all the places <laughs> Just search for Cardamancy Game. There you mm -hmm. go. We've got the Twitter right there. Uh, thank thank you all so much for coming in and spending your Friday morning drinking coffee and, and shooting the shit with us. Um, it's awesome. What you all are doing is fantastic. It is um, is brave the right word. I think probably it, it, it is the right word. Thank you. And thank absolutely you. wish all the very best. And if there's anything that you know we can do over here on this side to help, let us know. Super thank appreciate so that. Much. Yeah, thank yeah. you. This has been so much fun to to like more officially meet you, not not on the on the Twitters and to chat with you for a bit. So, yeah, thank you so much for an awesome awesome uh, conversation. Just for, for clarification, I think the conversation that you and I had over Twitter is probably the longest conversation I have ever had with anyone over Twitter because, like Sam, really, uh, yeah, I'm I don't, honored. I, I'm not good at it, and I don't know how to <laughs> follow me. So, yeah. okay. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> All right. So go support this five project at Cardamancy Game. It's on Kickstarter. It's on Twitter. It's everywhere. Um, with that, we'll let y'all go. And we will be back next week with somebody. Don't ask me hard questions. <laughs> <laughs> I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. Thanks, folks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.